0: I don't know that many people really deep down don't want that. I think they're actually more okay with it than they probably vocalize. What they're really saying beneath the surface is I need a stronger and a deeper level of belief in myself and what it is that I'm doing. And if I have that, I will be okay with the expectations and the criticism that I will get from others, but the fact of the matter is the reason that I'm actually not okay with those two things is because I either don't believe in myself or I don't believe in what I am doing. Welcome to the Outperform Podcast. My name is Scott Welly. I'm an author, speaker, and the founder of Outperform the Norm, a global movement that helps people achieve peak performance in their personal and professional lives. I've spent my life working with top performers in business as well as athletics, and each week it's my aim and mission to bring you an inspiring person to share their personal stories and insights, or perhaps it'll be a personal message for me, but with one very simple goal in mind, to help you outperform. Your time is precious, and I want to thank you for spending with me here today, but just one small ask before we get started. If you find value from this podcast, the greatest way that you could possibly thank me would be to head on over to iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform happens to be and give it a five-star review. Also, share it with somebody that you know that you would like to help outperform so we can all grow this movement together and strive to make the world a healthier, happier, higher-performing place. Once again, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. Hello, Outperformers. Welcome back to the Outperform Podcast. Pleasure having you here. If it is your first time here, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. In this episode of the Outperform Podcast, we are going to talk about Something that's critically important for all of us as we move through our personal, professional athletic lives, but something that doesn't get talked about nearly enough and certainly something that doesn't get enough airplay. And the way that I'll frame this starting out is a lot of times early in my speaking engagements, I'll ask, depending on the size of the audience, what are some of the mental barriers, obstacles, hurdles, things that hold us back? And inevitably, someone will raise their hand and they will say, fear of failure. And fear of failure is an interesting thing. It's, it's sort of like you've heard me talk on probably other podcast episodes about motivation and how people are always seeking more motivation and how that's not always the best thing or the remedy for what it is that we want. But a lot of times, people will talk about fear of failure holding them back. And I don't think they really understand, especially psychologically, some of the things that are working beneath the surface and what's really going on. Because the best way that I can probably describe it is this. If you think that perhaps you have a fear of failure, if you've ever told yourself that, or if you've ever heard someone say that, think about it like this. If you have a fear of heights, are you going to go on every roller coaster that you go by? Like, are you going to be going to Six Flags? Are you going to be going to amusement parks? Are you going to be sitting in the upper row of the football soccer stadium? Are you going to be the person that loves to go to the top floor of the tallest building? No, you're going to go in the exact opposite direction of whatever your fear is. If you have a fear of public speaking, are you going to be the one that's getting on stage in front of Thousands of people. If you have a fear of spiders, are you going to be the one that goes and kills the spider that you see on the wall? No, you're going to go in exactly the opposite direction. So I simply say this because if you really truly, you or otherwise, have a fear of failure, well, then I look at it and I say, okay, if you truly have a fear of failure, you should probably be a massive success in. Almost every single thing that you're doing or in whatever area that you're talking about because you are consciously and intentionally going to steer your actions and behaviors in the exact opposite direction of whatever your fear is. So anytime that someone says, well, I have a fear of failure, I kind of look at it, and I might not ask them it outwardly if I'm just speaking with them, okay, tell me how massively successful you've been personally, professionally, or athletically. But I'll always kind of look at it and say, all right, what level has this person got to or What have they achieved or accomplished? Because if that really is truly what's going on, you're going to go in the opposite direction of what it is that you fear. And a lot of times what I found, not only for myself, but for coaching clients and for people I've, I've spoken with and talked to, is that a lot of times it's often not a fear of failure. And one of the things that I never hear when I ask this question at the beginning of a speaking engagement is fear of success. And it's an interesting thing. And I think it's something that we all have to acknowledge and we all have to think about as we go through our lives, because fear of success is obviously completely different than a fear of failure. And I would probably advocate, I don't know the exact research behind it, that a fear of success probably holds far more people back than I think potentially a fear of failure could motivate people to peak performance or to outperforming, if that makes sense. Because you think about the fear of success, Why would someone have a fear of success? Well, with success, and I I guess I should probably preface this with, I think a good question for all of us to ask as well, is what does success mean to you? Like, what does it truly mean? Like, let's define it. it. used to be a question that when I would interview a lot of people for the Outperform podcast, it was one of the questions that I would ask. How do you define success? And I think that definition can change over time with with maybe more wisdom or more years on the planet but I think defining what success looks like for you whether it's finishing a race winning a race getting a promotion having a title getting a nice house or a car or whatever it happens to be I think defining that success early on is a pretty important thing as you look at it because if it's not defined I think how in the heck do you ever know if you've gotten there So I think we start with defining success and what that looks like for you because it's a completely individual thing. But then beyond that, why would someone actually fear success? Well, with success, and this is true of you and me and anybody else, success is going to bring two things, very specific things. They're going to bring expectations and they're going to bring criticism. And a lot of times, both of these, I could argue, are brought on by others. So expectations from others, criticism from others. And I'll deal with them somewhat separately, but the expectation from others, I would, I would say that a lot of people that actually fear success, well, anytime that you have a certain level of competence or proficiency or success in any given area, The expectations are naturally heightened for you to perform that way or for you to perform better the next time around. You know, if you've been winning a lot of games or a lot of uh, competitions and sports, the expectations are going to be heightened. If you've had a lot of success in business and maybe you've gotten a promotion, the expectations are going to be heightened. If you've written a lot of great books and you're authoring the next one, your expectations are going to be heightened. And what that can do is... If you're not properly looking at that in the right psychological frame of mind and context, that can potentially hold you back in terms of your future behaviors and really unlocking your fullest potential. And I think the one thing that I can say on this is we always have to be careful, and I've talked about it in numerous podcasts that you can go back and you can listen to, is when we're talking about expectations, as much as possible, we should not be talking about expectations of results or deliverables, or outcomes. Those are things that as badly as we want to believe that we can control them personally, professionally, athletically, and otherwise, they are only ever indirectly within our control. So what we need to do is, I think we should all have great expectations, shout out to Charles Dickens, of our process and of our behaviors or our actions But we have to be very cognizant of what are we talking about in terms of expectations? Are we talking about controlling the controllables and the things that we actually do, actions, activities, behaviors, etc.? Or are we talking about expectations in terms of, well, I'm expected to author the greatest book to produce these business results, to win this game, to make this shot? Because anytime we're talking about expectations in terms of outcomes, it can become problematic. The second part, the criticism from others. This is an inevitable thing of growth and of a certain level of success. If you are in a higher level, let's say in a company or an organization, a middle manager, a senior manager, a C-suite executive, an entrepreneur, the more people you serve and the higher up you get, the more you open yourself up to criticism. And you have to have a little bit of a thick skin in regards to this. If you are playing high-level athletics, the more eyeballs you're going to have on you, the more people you're going to have that will potentially be criticizing you. And a couple of things. One, first and foremost, what I've learned in my life is all of this works in a ratio, right? So you can look at that as kind of a a two-sided coin where, okay, as you have more success in your life, personally, professionally, athletically, will you inherently open yourself up to more criticism from others? Yes, absolutely. But proportionate to that will always be a higher level of praise or admiration or impact or influence. All of the good things that come on the flip side of, yeah, you'll have some more people if we're just talking about raw numbers that are probably looking at you and will probably try to rain on your parade if for no other reason than they don't have a parade of their own. But if you can at least consciously and intentionally look at it and say, well, okay, I have a few more people that are trying to rain on my parade, but I actually have far more and it's increased proportionately to what I had before when I achieved this level of success. In other words, like as you grow, you might have had a certain number of people that we influenced or impacted or we're praising or we're admiring you, that number is going to go up in the same proportion as you achieve a higher level of success, the same way that maybe you had very few people that were watching you and criticizing you before, but more are doing it now when you have a higher level of success. So both of these things are, again, heavily driven from others, Uh, Whether we're talking about expectations or criticism, but quite honestly, the greatest remedy I think in both of these areas, whether we're talking about expectations or criticism, is not to wish them away or not to hope that they'll go away, the expectations or the criticism. It's actually to embrace it and to look at combating that with a certain amount of belief belief in ourselves and belief in what it is that we are doing. Because I would like to believe that nobody out there is just, well, I mean, sometimes you hear it, well, I just, I don't want expectations placed on me. Like, I don't want that pressure. I don't want that heavy weight of expectations or that criticism placed upon me. I don't know that many people really deep down don't want that. I think they're actually more okay with it than they probably vocalize. What they're really saying beneath the surface is, I need a stronger and a deeper level of belief in myself and what it is that I'm doing. And if I have that, I will be okay with the expectations and the criticism that I will get from others. But the fact of the matter is the reason that I'm actually not okay with those two things is because I either don't believe in myself or I don't believe in what I am doing. Now there's no magic pill, there's no voodoo fancy hypnosis that I can give you to necessarily increase the amount of belief in you or belief in what you're doing. It's just something that I think you should be aware of and something that If you feel like, yeah, you know, maybe I've shied away from really boldly and and intentionally putting myself out there and pursuing some of these opportunities, either because I'm afraid of those, I have that fear of success, I'm afraid of the expectations, or I'm afraid of the criticism. And if you have ever done that, please know that that is 100% completely okay. I've done it in my life. Most people have done it in theirs. It holds us back from time to time, but you would hope that, as we start to look at some of these things and as we increase a little bit more of the belief in ourselves and belief in what we're doing, we become stronger and we, come, we become more okay with not shrinking and not having a fear of that success and of putting ourselves out there. Not that the criticism and the expectations go away, but that we actually have the other side of the teeter-totter, the other side of the weight, just weighing a little bit more strongly in terms of this by the belief in ourselves and by the belief in what we're doing. In other words, is the juice worth the squeeze? And if it is, if we believe that what I'm doing is worth any of the amount of expectations around my performance or the criticism that I may draw if things don't go well, if that juice is worth the squeeze and if you've got that type of belief, you are going to boldly put yourself out there and you're truly going to unlock your fullest potential And whatever it is that you're doing. I hope this podcast served you and as always, wishing you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day. hello outperformers three more quick things before we sign off here today first and foremost thank you so much for listening to this episode i understand how many different podcasts are out there and i do not take a single second of your time for granted because time is truly our most valuable asset it is our most precious commodity and i appreciate you taking that time and you spending it with us here today. Second, if you found value in this podcast, maybe you've noticed, but podcasting has gotten quite popular as of late. And if you would like to help support the Outperforming Movement and the Outperform podcast, one of the best ways that we can get it found is for you to give it a favorable review and rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform happens to be. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Play, and give it a favorable review. And while you do that, also share it with someone else that you know that is just like you, is driven by growth and wanting to be the best personally and professionally in every single thing that they do. Number three, if you want even more tools and tips and strategies to be able to be your best personally and professionally, head on over to scottwelly.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. There are loads of different resources for you on everything from goal setting and grit, to resiliency and focus, to confidence and motivation and routines and habits and everything that you can possibly imagine to help you be your absolute best every single day, personally and professionally. Once again, if you'd like to access those free resources, head on over to Scottwelly.com, S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. So as I sign off, thank you again for spending your time with me here today. Keep outperforming and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day.